and welcome back to What is Qualitative Anyway? My name is Vicki. Uh, today we're going to be in the Visual Research Methods book, Chapter 6, Using Photography in Immigrant Communities. So in this chapter, uh, in the beginning, Gold is discussing how he has been a part of studying immigrant communities for over 20 years, but he always knew that visual research could contribute to the research on immigration. Um, so he said based on trial and error, he developed some techniques that would help him with the research, but he mentions, which I think is important because he elaborates further in the chapter, that he learned just as much, uh, and from my opinion, maybe even more, from the social, uh, social interactions he had while taking the pictures and sharing the images with the community. Uh, so the beginning of the chapter starts with the topic of integrating visuals into social research. So he mentions there's a de debate on how to incorporate visuals uh, into research, uh, whether as a primary tool or just a subgroup of the research. Some researchers see it as vital part of, uh, part of as a vital part of the data. Others, like Ball and Smith, see it as a decorative or kind of serving an illustrative uh, function. Gold mentioned that this could also discourage the use of images for other researchers in their investigation, you know, as far as using them as just tools in the research with, you know, social scientists, like he mentions, Ball and Smith stating, you know, just kind of minimizing it to just pictures, you know, illustrations. And so he kind of argues that instead images should be considered as enhancing the project and as tools that facilitate the process of research by establishing rapport. I do agree with Gold on this. Um, I disagree with Ball and Smith. Uh, visuals are useful for engaging people, especially people that may not interact with the text fully, you know, like someone in the positions of the social scientists who can better understand texts, um, you know, as far as comprehending theory and methods and all that. Having images can help uh, bridge that gap. And something common that I noticed in the book, Visual Research Methods, I noticed after reading The President's Failure is kind of that linear outlook on how people may perceive images. In The President's Failure, they saw it, they didn't look at it from how maybe the community would connect with images emotionally. And once again, in this and reading how Ball and Smith just kind of put images, narrowed it down to just being, you know, pretty pictures almost like the issue with the president's failure. It's just a narrow outlook on how useful images can be in regards to, you know, like the community who they may not have, who may not or do not have the education, like those in formal research and the government settings. Um, so I think images really help bridge, bridge that gap to help them visualize the topic. And just looking at it sociologically, I think it's important to take a step back from your position to reflect on the experiences of others and maybe their best methods of learning, not just what you think is important or what um, can best help the study. It's also about how can this study be best interpreted and understood by people in the community a lot of the time who social scientists are researching. From here, he moves on to discussing four uses of photography and immigrant research. So Gold discusses the four ways photography assisted him with this research on immigrant communities. First, he discusses orientation. Um, so he's like, he states photography is useful for recording the environment and people in it, which is important. You know, the most recognized methods of research are, you know, library surveys and 
analysis. Research can be limited by gatekeepers. Also focus groups that are distant from the sociological significant places where social relations take place. So all of those things can kind of detach you from the actual setting where these problems and these contexts are actually taking place in. Also, the use of abstract in social science makes it difficult for people um, such as the ones discussed in the chapter to fully understand you know, what is happening. So importantly, Gold discusses when social scientists discuss service work in parenthesis, I mean quotation, or embedded networks, they gloss over or give vague interpretations to the very intricate relationships within those communities. I thought that was important and I'll elaborate on that in a second. Um, but Gold realizes that the use of visuals corrects the academic distancing that scientists have with analyzing from afar rather placing themselves in social settings and analyzing from there. He states, uh, quotation, by demanding that researchers get involved with the people and settings that they are, that are their objects of study. So studying immigrant communities can only really be done by placing yourself within those communities. So by using photography, he was required to confront those social settings and people that he typically would have been distant from, he says. Um, so I related this portion of the chapter back to feminist courses that I have taken. Um, a great deal of them discuss oppression of women, um, but sometimes I feel too much discussion at times is, is done or made in the classroom and assumptions are made that reflect even my life as a woman, as a mom, you know, the different oppressions that I may be going through. Uh, and I just think it's important to go out and speak to people, maybe even volunteer in your community and not just discuss it in the classroom setting, um, not just based on our opinions on the lives of other women who may appear, you know, quotation oppressed, especially, you know, like third world women when we discuss them, you know, like Arab women or even um, women from Latin countries that come here, you know, to do care work. I, I Sometimes I feel those discussions in class are still out of context, still out of place. So going out into the community, volunteering, it just builds more equitable knowledge is what I think, more um, understood knowledge from people's experiences, not just knowledge from the textbook or discussion in a classroom where we're all just kind of throwing out our opinions, um, which is good, but it's also good to put yourself in those settings. So when he said, you know, placing yourself in the settings where these things are happening is important. But this is kind of where I noticed my sociological background on my studies in sociology as my major kind of kicked in and I realized that I may just be looking at things differently from my classmates because some of their convictions were just so strong, but I feel that they had little experience in the settings of the women's of the women that we were talking about. But so what I did, you know, I did mention it in class and people agreed with me, you know, yeah, we do have to kind of not only just talk about it, but we need to go out and um, be in it. But because of that, last semester I was inspired to volunteer and I did join a, a, a volunteer group that deals um, with foster teenage girls and the foster system. And that has really opened my eyes to even just how I interact with them, you know, as a daughter who has a mom, um, who has a husband and a son, my background is so different from theirs but I just learned a lot from that and I think just hearing what he was saying I was able to relate to it and understand exactly what he was trying to say 
and I the theory that I thought of was intersectional theory for this part of the chapter. Many different parts of women's identities, you know, they intersect to create the life that they have. Not all women are oppressed in the same way as other women. In addition, speaking about immigrant communities, the lives of Arab or Israeli families, as discussed in the chapter, they'll, you know, they'll be different from the lives of immigrant Mexican women and, um, and so forth. So to best understand, looking at it sociologically, taking our step back, looking at the different parts of people's lives that are being affected by different institutions, but also the intersectional differences that people go through as far as, you know, their gender, their race, their class, their sex, whatever it may be. There's just different parts to to everything to look at. From here, the chapter moves on to the other techniques that he has, developing rapport. You know, the images can help build rapport not only by just taking them, by presenting the pictures. People may feel more comfortable knowing that this photographer was in that setting. And then emailing and digital photography, he talks about how, you know, it can benefit. It's more instantaneous rather than waiting for images to develop. Uh, and then in analysis. But from here, we'll move on to case applications. And I'll pick one for the kind of the sake of time. So the one I picked as far as one of the case applications was gender. Uh, context is a big part of gender roles, not the common universal assumption of men working, women caring. Migrant communities base their roles on real life immediate problems, he mentions. He encountered two different norms, for example, with a Vietnamese family. One family separated the women from the social gathering while the other included the women in those social gatherings. So even though they were from the same nationality, their gendered social uh, sociability was different. Um, so you can't just make these assumptions about these different uh, groups, you know, just universal assumptions about the whole group. Uh, another example that I really liked was Israeli women who felt empowered within their social networking, whether or not they were paid for it. All of them felt empowered just by the work that they were doing in their community. Most of them were extensively involved in activism, he said, and he even employed some of them. So I applied or I thought of feminist theory to reflect on this one as far as the different views the third world women have on their work compared to Western women. Uh, for them, empowerment came from helping their community and building their social skills. While a lot of the time, many Western women um, are ideals or empowerment comes from the idea of being equal to men and how much, you know, equal pay, which, you know, is I definitely agree with. But this is that part where you step back and you look at the different views, the different structures in society that affect certain people or how they view it. So it's important to look at that, um, you know, sociological imagination, especially in these settings, you know, as far as taking a step back, excluding ourselves and our ideals from others and understanding the experiences that they have, the experiences that they wish to have, rather than just looking at, you know, those deficits in people's lives, you know, compared to, you know, what we would want. But yeah, that pretty much sums up the chapter. Thanks for listening.